Far North Tokens. This is episode 32, August 23rd, 2016. Your host, Mid Token. Thank you all for listening. We have a very special election show today. In our local Fairbanks, the city of Fairbanks, there is a mayoral election. Incumbent Mayor Eberhardt is going to be facing Jim Matherly, current council member, city council member, and Frank Turney. Frank Turney has decided to throw his hat into the ring, and I had a chance to sit down with him this morning. We had a great conversation about what his plans are. We talked a little bit about cannabis, a little bit about jury rights. We talked his plan for Fairbanks. And a lot of people, you know, they just look at him and think he's crazy. He calls himself a clown. Um, There's a lot under that makeup, a lot under the mask. So remember, we've got an establishment going with Eberhardt and Matherly. They're the same people. They're running against each other. They're going to split hairs. They're having quibbles and quabbles on the city council. Here you have Frank Turney. He has been to more meetings. He knows what's going on in the city. What an advisor. What a role he could play as the executive. With the two establish, establishment people uh, duking it out, Frank can just come in, have them split the vote of the establishment, and Frank Turney wins. When he's run before, he's got a lot of votes. What we need to do is register to vote. I looked on tonight. It's easy. Um, I'll put a link onto the show. Go there, register online to vote. Make sure you um, are registered. Don't just say you're going to vote for Frank Turney. Get out there and do it. It's not hard. Go register. Now, let's listen to... uh, Frank Turney, you had a great chance to interview him this morning. Let's go. Good morning, Frank Turney. This is a uh, Far North Tokers morning edition. Uh, you seem to be a, uh, hopefully, becoming a regular here on Far North Tokers. I don't know, third, fourth time here. And we've got some exciting things to get going about, specifically cannabis, jury rights, and you were running for mayor of Fairbanks. Right. Let's, um, let's just start off easy. This is a cannabis show. Let's talk about... Um, cannabis and one thing did you hear vivian stiver the other night at the borough assembly not call it marijuana and she called it cannabis cannabis since that's the new word we don't want to say marijuana we call it cannabis today Uh, yeah in fact city council last night she did the same to clarify it and uh, i thanked her for that in the crowd as usual great it's changing language amen so um, tell us about um, beginnings with cannabis and Frank Turney. Well, I don't know. I got involved with, uh, of course, I've been smoking cannabis for about more than 30 years, maybe longer than that. Uh, but uh, I come in to really uh, to be informed and educated uh, 
on cannabis by meeting Jack Hare. And you here, met Jack Hare? Here in Fairbanks, Alaska, and that would be probably in the early 90s. He came uh, here for a visit. In fact, we used the old city hall, city hall chambers. And uh, uh, he put on a pretty good performance. He had all kinds of hemp products up on the wall and everything. And he talked about his experience with his son that, uh, that used cannabis because he was suffering from some type of asthma and epileptic, and it, it really helped him. So, and then uh, reading his book, Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, really was an a educational tool for me to try to inform others about the history of uh, cannabis. It probably goes back oh, probably 10,000 years as far as medicinal and recreational and industrial uses. So, uh, for then, going on the 10 years that I've known you, just, just you getting a hold of that, um, the emperor wears no clothes, you've just gone off on hemp. You've really become an advocate for hemp. Right. Uh, you know, that's uh, cannabis's cousin. I called, uh, I call cannabis, uh, uh, sativa, uh, C, that's for recreational and medicinal. And I look at, uh, cannabis sativa L is for, uh, fiber and oils such as industrial uses and wow i believe right now i think we spend about two billion dollars a year on uh, uh, buying industrial hemp from canada and china and and, and other silk industrial uh, nations and we shouldn't be doing that we should be growing the uh, probably what I see, what I believe, and I think the information will show that, that uh, uh, industrial hemp itself is probably the most fastest growing biomass on earth today, a matter of three or four months, uh, with just a little water and sunshine, you can yield a lot of acres of hemp. What's the status on hemp in Alaska right now? Well, right now, uh, uh, Senate Bill 8 was introduced by uh, Johnny Ellis, Senator Johnny Ellis, uh, uh, I was great to hear, glad to see him get on board on this. Evidently, uh, he was, after listening to his testimony, he's been uh, actually selling hemp products at one time, uh, I believe before. In fact, I, I believe he still does today. But I'm sorry to see that uh, he's not going to be running uh, for the Senate again. So I don't know what right now Senate Bill 8 is in the finance, sitting in finance, Senate finance. So it has to go through that hurdle. So I don't know what the cost effect is uh, implementing the uh, Senate Bill 8. It would call for the uh, Industrial Hemp Act. Industrial Hemp Act basically it tells the uh, the federal government to take a fly on uh, something at the moon. Right. <laughs> basically, that's what it does. <laughs> the bill does because uh, I think it exercises uh, the Tenth Amendment and state rights. And uh, anybody read the Federalist Papers, I don't have the number right here in front of me. Uh, when it comes to agriculture, uh, it's none of the federal government's business. It has to do with the states and the people. In your research, would it be lucrative to do that here in Fairbanks? I believe you can. Uh, I uh, When I came here in uh, 1982, uh, 1983, I was taken out on Farmer's Lube, and a guy showed me a whole acre of actual industrial ham. And at that time, it was about anywhere five to six feet high. That's pretty high, and it could have grown longer, but uh, uh, he knocked it all down. I know that uh, uh, his family was very uh, 
really into art and artistic stuff, and they weaved and stuff, and they weaved a lot of baskets and made a lot of necklaces uh, from just what they yield out of there, letting the uh, the hemp, uh, yeah. the stakes and the herds and everything uh, dry. So uh, a lot of a lot of uses to it, and I believe it can be grown here. Uh, they, it is questionable whether can uh, what they call this the Arctic. Uh, I believe it can be here, but it is has been grown down in Canada. I think in the northeastern end, uh, Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. What part of Canada is that? Is that uh, is that the more warmer climate? I don't know, but uh, it's down in that area. That's where they're yielding uh, a lot of fiber in Canada, and I know they sell the, a lot of their fibers to a car manufacturing in Indiana for uh, Oldsmobile, Ford, uh, uh, Mercury's, uh, Hondas, you name it, for uh, dashboards and door liners uh, mixed with hemp because of uh, its strength and durability. Uh, Stronger than just like stronger than steel. The one of the issues that you've advocated for, it, they're starting to become intertwined with jury rights and jury rights in cannabis. Now, where juries are just um, saying no. Yeah, to exact, laws. exactly. They're just saying no. Uh, um, excuse me, I want to go get sure. a cal- uh, calendar in Colorado uh, regarding uh, jury rights. So I know there's, you've talked about one issue in Colorado that jury writes. Was it driving? Exactly. Uh, evidently, the uh, lady got pulled over and she did have a, uh, a uh, medical marijuana. Cannabis, since that's the new word. We don't want to say marijuana. We call it cannabis today. Excuse me. Uh, as a Freudian sniff here, I call it cannabis. <laughs> Try it. We're trying try to. not to use that word marijuana. I know it. Cannabis, since that's the new word. We don't want to say marijuana. We call it cannabis today. It's a Spanish word. It's just a slang word, uh, I think, to try to make cannabis look bad. And that's what... Uh, that's why they use that, continue to use that word. So Well, the medical marijuana. for that. I know. Medical The two cannabis. M's. Go, yeah, sounds good cannabis. I know. But anyway... Um, um, there was a case here in uh, in Colorado where uh, the lady asked for a, a jury trial um, versus pleading out regarding her driving. Uh, what happened here, the jurors, uh, here's this came from the fully informed jury's uh, a calendar of 2016. It said the state of Colorado uh, legalized recreational uh, cannabis use in 2012. Not long afterward, it passed a a cannabis driving under the influence DUI law that set a THC blood limit for drivers in Colorado. That limit was set by law at five ng. What is that? Uh, five uh, milliliters. Yeah, five milliliters. I don't know nanograms per milliliters. Amount which could remain in the blood for days or even weeks after intoxicating effects wore off. In 2014, medical cannabis patient Malini Ringar was pulled over for having an expired license plate tag, not for any unsafe driving. She identified herself as a medical cannabis patient when the officer who stopped her indicated 
that he smelled cannabis. A blood test indicated a THC level of 19. There we go again, that word N N G uh, slice M-I. Uh, uh, so you listeners out there, I guess this has to do with your level of the THC level. That's a new one on me. But anyway, uh, Mingar was offered a plea deal but turned it down. Choosing instead to argue a case before a jury, had she accepted the deal, she would have been required to abstain from medical cannabis for up to two years, which she said would have made it impossible for her to drive due to severe pain from pressure on her back. Instead, she exercised her right to trial by jury. Her attorney argued to jurors that she was not involved in an accident, nor did her driving suggest any signs of impairment, and that she was not, in fact, impaired at the level of THC in her blood. Jurors in her case unanimously found her not guilty. So I think there's a case regarding jury nullification, exercising jury nullification, regardless of what the law is. So, you know, if there was no impairment, uh, she didn't uh, uh, cause any accidents whatsoever. Um, That's what but, we're going to be coming into, I think, with this on-site consumption. Also, I don't believe it mentioned in here, I believe at it, it, this trial here, uh, there were studies, and people testified, there were studies on regarding impairment versus people dr drinking under the influence of the other drug, alcohol. Uh -huh. And so it was night and day. Have and they showed that, uh, you know, people that are not that impaired, in fact, are more cautious, more cautious knowing that they're under the influence. So, so I'm not encouraging people to get out and get smoked, uh, uh, overdose themselves that they're not capable of driving. And uh, But once again, uh, right now, I noticed the city council last night, uh, Vivian Stiver and Lance Roberts, they kept concentrating on people driving through the community. Well, let me tell you something. I've been here since 1982. People have been driving through communities uh, after smoking cannabis for years. I know of any statistics, no any numbers of any fatalities or any cars wrecks by cannabis hmm. whatsoever. So, you know, these are just another one of these uh, reefer madness scare tactics right here in good old Fairbanks, Alaska, that uh, some of these losers are losing and they're in pain. That's one of the things Lance Roberts was saying that one of his arguments that he makes is that there's no moderation with cannabis. That you can't just take a puff compared to... Um, yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, inaccurate um, parallel made with alcohol in this circumstance. There's a few um, important differences. You know, with alcohol, you have um, a range of moderation that, you know, as many people can go after work and they can go drink a beer and they can drive home, depending on body weight, type of beer, whatever. But there's some range of moderation. But... Uh, with marijuana, it being a drug, you know, you notice they don't talk about body weight like they do with alcohol when you're talking about drugs because it, it while it certainly affects the body, it's also going more directly to the mind. It's a drug. And uh, as the whereas says, um, you can provide immediate intoxication with peak levels occurring within 30 minutes. And so this is something that um, the smallest non de minimis use is going to uh, put you in that state of intoxication, the state of impairment. Did you know now he is, uh, did you see his outburst now defending alcohol? No. I heard some all kinds of language off the wall. Now he's defending that right too. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. I'm I'm not pro probation. No. You know, hey, 
uh, I think it's here to stay. There's no doubt about it. And in fact, I don't think it's any of the government's business. And that goes uh, uh, people in the private sector like uh, uh, Lance Roberts and Vivian Stafford. It's none of their damn business what I consume in my body. None of my None of their damn business. And that goes for the government as well. So um, No victim, no crime, right? Victim, no crime. That's why you'll never see me. I use uh, cannabis for some time for medicinal use. You'll never see me card carrying medicinal card. I will not get one. I refuse to get one because I live in Alaska. We have a right to privacy under Raven that you have a right to have so many plants and cannabis in your home under state law. I'm a, and it's been challenged before and lost in court. So I have not seen yet the uh, the feds come in here and enforce uh, Alaska's right to privacy as yet, uh, to some extent. Uh, there was a story you told me years ago about Raven. Um, you you were discussing about how, in the case, it was talking about him having it in his house oh, or yeah, his car. Urban, Urban Raven, uh, uh, you know, at the time... Uh, this whole thing was right to privacy that was brought up in the legislature had to do with your home. And the thing is, that uh, I found out from a uh, former, uh, well, defense attorney, I imagine he still is a defense attorney, Dick Madsen. I said, how in the world did uh, they get the right to privacy in the home uh, removed from the car? Because when Raven was pulled over, whether it be in his driveway or whatever, uh, the cannabis was uh, found in his vehicle. Uh, Evidently, later, he wanted to get busted. He wanted to challenge the uh, cannabis law. So uh, I, I asked him, he said, you know, just a lot of little loopholes. So, but I see what happened. I think that they knew that in the legislature. Now, since they've, uh, the, the, the voters have legalized the cannabis and also it recognizes that uh, since it's legal, uh, you have to go purchase it and na- naturally you have to transport it. So today, I mean, get right back now, you can have uh, so much uh, in your car to transport because it is legal without being cited by the police. All right, or ounce. And that's right. Is that it is the ounce right now? So, and I hope that it can increase that amount because I think that some people might uh, might be living out in the hills and maybe need need three ounces. Yeah, sure. I mean, then you're gonna have to drive back into town to get it. Yeah. Exactly. Let's go into all your activism. You've you have probably been to more city council, borough assembly meetings, um, testified for different uh, ordinances that are coming up than anyone sitting up on that board. And now you, I've heard you say this is the last time that you're going to run. My last, well, I said that last time. So um, my last, I, I run for city council mayor before I run for state house, and I I, I run uh, against uh, even though we agree and disagree, my friend Jerry Cleavers, at uh, one time because nobody was running against him. I do not like to see uh, somebody run alone. 
I don't like that at all. So a lot of times... Three-man race this Jay time, Ramos, huh? I jumped into the race on Jay Ramos and State House. I surprised myself. How <laughs> 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 can I vote again? I very, you know, I didn't spend really, I think, some few radio ads and stuff like that. And, and even back then, I think it was all for legalization of cannabis. You were? So I've been... Uh, every, every councilor where I run for mayor... Uh, uh, that subject always brought up. So why run? Why are you I, running for mayor of Fairbanks? Well, I don't know. I came here since 1982, and the first mayor uh, I met was Ruth Barnett. We've been through a lot of mayors since here. And the first strong mayor we had was uh, Mayor Jim Hayes. In fact, I went out and helped collect signatures with Donna Gilbert, the Interior Taxpayer Association, and, and others. I, I was right on the forefront of changing and getting rid of the city manager and have a strong mayor from a government to run the city. And I helped collect those signatures. And today, uh, uh, to me, I think it was just an experiment. I think it's time for a change. I don't think it's worked out. Uh, no matter where, whether it's uh, John Everhart, whether it's Matherly, what we got here is a really a, uh, this type of power grab is somewhere like a dictatorship. Um, you know, when you got two people that's what a dictator is. If you get two people in power, that's what a dictatorship is. And that's what I see what was going on under Everhart. And uh, I think that uh, that's what put, uh, uh, that's what put uh, Jeff Jacobson, who had just been charged with uh, drunk driving and being on uh, some kind of antidepressant by the blood testing at the hospital on Xanax. And I really believe that uh, there was a lot of pressure and stress put upon him uh, working under uh, uh, what I call a dictatorship at this time. And what I would want to really do is uh, look at myself as not just as a mayor, but uh, a caretaker of the city, an overseer. And I would hire uh, the best city manager money could buy. Uh, he would be being paid well. And uh, myself, uh, right now, I think the salary for the mayor is something like seventy, eighty thousand. Myself, you know, uh, uh, if I wanted to get any income, I'd probably drop it down to about fifty thousand. I could live with that, or I'm willing to go back as a token mayor and uh, just break ties and cut ribbons like the old days of Bill Waller. Nice. No, That's what it was. I think he got five hundred dollars for. Uh, what do you call that? They get, I don't know, to take people to lunch or whatever. They get some kind of... Uh, the host of Fairbanks more. Right. Uh, Separate that more from the actual business of the city. That's right. If you're really concerned about the livelihood and the citizens of Fairbanks uh, to really come together, I think you get back to the old spirit of Fairbanks and uh, get rid of this strong mayor and have a real good city manager. We did have a city manager. We came here. Raleigh Rose was here for years. A lot of controversy about him. And then I know we had uh, Ryan Phillips, who... Uh, they run him out of here uh, with the help of the Interior Taxpayers uh, Association. Uh, whether that was uh, the right thing to do, uh, that's so questionable. At the same time, there's nothing wrong. With, uh, and then Pat Cole, uh, he took over as city manager uh, for quite some time here uh, before we made the transfer of uh, the new mayors uh, here in the city of Fairbanks. So. Um, you know, I think somebody his caliber, even though I disagree with everybody in the city over the years, but, uh, his caliber, I think was his presence as a city manager is, uh, somebody in his caliber or maybe even more experienced to run the city and this government. And, uh, I think that, um, the city manager could do that, but also as, uh, is uh, is the, um, is the caretaker. I think that we need some policy change from the employees in the city, and they should not be intimidated and worrying about losing their job if they're being tested for cannabis. 
those people should be exempt. Uh, definitely. In fact, I brought this up to the mayor the other night. I said that uh, regarding uh, Jeff Jacobson, he was on the news and said that uh, I believe that everybody has a right to second chance and he has a right to second chance. And so I brought the fact that, well, you know, what about second chances for for Frank Turney and his, you know, being the caretaker Clay Cemetery? That bid should have went out. The second chance. You failed to do so. And what about that lady that pleaded for her job here that had a medical cannabis card. You didn't give her a second chance, did you, Mayor? This mm -hmm. happened last night. Did you, Mayor? Uh -huh. Yeah. She wanted to change to a different... She'd been in the city for seven, eight years. She wanted to change to a different position because she was an operator. Hey, you refused to give her, and she had qualifications. She'd been kind of a rover in the city and uh, took her job. He didn't give her a second chance. There's a lot of second chances of people in the city regarding... Uh, uh, even being tested or having the use of cannabis under uh, uh, Mayor Everhart. And I think that even if Matherly won, it, it would stay the same. So that's what I would do. And, you know, once again, I'm a conscious awareness candidate. You know, if people want to vote for me, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine, too. Uh, mine's all about conscious awareness. If you want changes in here regarding your city manager, and not only that, I believe we need a chief of police uh, elected. Him or her, I think I brought that up earlier, didn't I? No, uh, that uh, one big thing is the accountability. Yeah, is right. what you're talking about is exactly. transparency in government and yeah. allowing and the chief of police a to be elected. Of people don't realize that Everhart actually uh, appointed me to be on the uh, uh, the chair, of the committee to elect a new chief of police, and uh, <laughs> took me a couple of weeks to decide whether to do that or not, because of me being a critic of the police department, I knew that it raised some hackles, and it did. A couple of people left. Uh, the mayor was criticized for putting uh, me on the committee, and I was the last one to vote in favor of uh, Chief Aragon uh, uh, after finding out all the nepotism that went on uh, in the city department, and uh, evidently uh, uh, the, the other guy running for uh, uh, the chief of police, uh, evidently he didn't have a good rapport with the minority as far as the blacks and natives in the community. So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and bend over, and I went ahead and changed my vote in support of him. But still, I, I feel an obligation that uh, when it comes to checking balances, I have to keep an eye on the chief of police. I've been to uh, lunch with him, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> at least four different times, and uh, that's a rare one for me. I've never been sent down with any chief of police and eight. You seem to have a good relationship with him. That's well, good somewhat pretty good before. In fact, uh, I'm pretty candid, just as candy as he is. He's a very candid individual. Uh, uh, he's springing up with all kinds of these ideas. Some of them I agree with, some of them I disagree with. And one of them I think he's really weak on. I brought this up to other areas. I want him to be stronger on this protection of the Second Amendment. I've been to different programs you've been to when it comes to home invasion. It's always called a 9-11. And I brought this up more than once. It's faster to uh, pull your 357 when it comes to home invasion than call 911. Oh, and he's heard that enough from me. And uh, and uh, that's why I want him. I said, uh, if he wants to really cares about the city, that he should support uh, getting involved with the election process and run as the chief of police. Oh, I think By he could win. He he's, he's personable. Possibility he could win. Uh, right now, uh, police departments lacking six, seven police departments. Uh, myself, a lot of stuff's coming out, and it's it's uh, not just the chief of police, but it's leadership, and that's uh, Mayor uh, Everhart putting it on his shoulders.
lot of people leaving under his leadership. If you read leadership. his community perspective, it just came out, and you'll see some of the comments made by police officers regarding the leadership mm-hmm. and why people are leaving. So it just said it's not all about health care. I think health care is one of them. Uh, you know, one thing I ever really puzzled that, you know, 900 and some dollars uh, from a police officer has to pay every month for health care. That is high insurance. But here's one thing I heard the other night. I didn't know that, but if it's just a cop and just him, he still has to pay $900 a month. Uh, regardless of a guy has five children and has to pay $900 a month. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong right there. No, I agree with Well, that. they probably use the same excuses. Like some people take their garbage here away, and yet they still have to pay for it. When garbage man comes along, there's nothing to pick up. They still get paid for it. Right. Taxes. <laughs> Exactly. We decide what you need, what services you need. But I see a lot of changes. I, 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 one thing about the chief of police is the first time we had an internal affairs in the police department, and God knows when, long as I've been here since '82, we've always had the Fox Garden Hen House, and I think we've come a long way. Uh, what he said put together for citizens' complaints against the police department. Uh, there'll be some type of internal investigation. I'm not fully satisfied with it because I don't look at it too as independent yet because he's having one of the officers will be in the initial uh, person that you come with a complaint against another officer. I don't like that. I want something a little more independent and stronger. And also, I disagreed with his uh, polygraph examiner. Uh, I've been talking about this for years. We need somebody independent. And once again, he went ahead and took one of the police officers and sent him down to Sitka and be trained on polygraph examining. So I don't like that when you have the police department. Right now, uh, uh, they're trying to find officers. I don't want them to get anybody here walking the streets. It could be bad for this community. No, no. No, I'm sure we're a small so place. Right now, they're 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 putting a carrot out there. If we stay three years and get five grand and all this, they already sent the uh, uh, mayor's a new assistant, uh, Snowball, I call her Snowball Effect, Mrs. Snow, uh, to Utah to try to record police officers coming to Fairbanks. Well, Bernard Gatewood spoke up the other night, and I, I can understand his concerns. We don't want some of these cops in here like they have in uh, he mentioned uh, in Missouri. And some other awakenings that cause trouble. Mm-hmm. We don't want just picking these guys to come here in Fairbanks have a different mental uh, state of mind and you right. know, question what type of orientation and training that they'd have to go through. But uh, it would be great to have you as a as the mayor of Fairbanks to have a pro cannabis person yeah. sitting there. How are you? If you yeah, I look at myself as a pro antagonist uh, for liberty and freedom issues. Yes, uh, I'll be fight really for fo- freedom. Uh, I'll be really focusing on that, and uh, there will be uh, uh, no more of this uh, warrantless searches. And while I'm uh, sitting here, as a caretaker, we don't uh, have much more time, do we? As far as two weeks. Uh, for people right. to get two registered weeks, to vote? Two weeks people to get registered. I just encourage people that have not registered to get out there and register to vote here in the city. Uh, I encourage you to vote, and uh, I do need your vote. Uh, I am a conscious awareness uh, candidate, and there's a, there's one other subject matter. Uh, we found out here just recently that the wow, the borough took all the zoning powers with the city. They have no zoning powers, and I think that maybe we need to uh, rethink of seriously consolidating. This went before before the voters last time, the consolidation failed, but there's nothing wrong with a second chance, like they say, is to take a look at it. What would that 
would do is turn the city of Fairbanks into a service area, and the citizen would decide what we're going to do with that $60 million of our permanent fund when we sold the MUS sale. We'll decide how we want that spend that money, whether it be more police with fire or uh, safety in the service districts. It'll be up to the voters. So I think consolidation, what we do, it would leave North Pole alone. What it would do is get rid of the city government. That's what it would do. Mm. And that's one idea that uh, could be looked at. And that's well, once again, run for mayor to get rid of the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. But the city manager's number one priority. And I think that I'm going to get uh, more meat and potatoes out of that idea because I think that people that are informed here in Fairbanks knows what's happening in the city. Uh, they're, 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 uh, people are exodus and uh, leaving the city government. And it is not just for health care and salaries. It's because of leadership. And I have to point the finger at my friend, uh, John Everhart, that I planned on the seat, and that goes for you, uh, uh, Mr. Matherly. Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, Frank Turney. I'm, can you give us an update in a few weeks? Tell us how things are going. That sounds good to me. All just, right. I just want to encourage people to get out there and register to vote. All right, you want to go? Yeah, and don't be a dope. Get out and vote. You want to head outside on your porch and take a little toke with... Well, yeah, I need some cannabis after that interview. All right, let's let's take care of this. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes on SoundCloud. Search Mid Toker. See.